0: shall return to the chapter which we read together, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, and our text for tonight is verse 5. John 15, verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit for without me ye can do nothing the great subject with which Christ is dealing here is union with himself union with Christ and that's a very important subject doesn't really get the emphasis that it ought to get amongst ourselves. There are several pictures of union with Christ given to us in the scriptures. For example, the picture of the foundation and the building. Another foundation can any man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. The building needs a foundation And on the foundation a building is built, and the two are united to one another. Or take the idea of the stones, the living stones, and the cornerstone. Again, it's a picture of a building. God's people are like stones. Christ is the great cornerstone, and the stones in the building are linked to him. Again, The idea of union with Christ. How important it is that we are cemented to the cornerstone, linked closely to him. And then you have the picture of the head and the body. You and I are members of the body, one body. Christ is the head. If the head is detached from the body, cut off the head, what happens? The body's dead. We need the head and we need one another. So we need that union with Christ, the body united to the head. And then we have the picture of marriage Ephesians five, twenty two and following. A man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. A man leaves his father and mother, cleaves to his wife, they too are one flesh, and this is a great mystery, because this one fleshness speaks of Christ and the church. The mystery, you and I, married to Christ, joined to him forever. And here in the passage tonight we have the picture of the vine and the branches. The branches are dependent upon the vine. They are nourished from the vine. They get the sap from the vine. They are upheld by the vine. Detach the branch from the vine. It dies, it bears no fruit. If the branch abides in the vine, it brings forth fruit. Christ is the vine. You and I are the branches. And the father is the husbandman who is looking after the vine. And why do we exist? Why do you exist? You exist to be a branch within the vine. You exist in order to bear fruit. And if you're not bearing fruit, a branch that doesn't bear fruit is cut down and cast into the fire. That's a warning. A great warning. Think of the fig tree in the vineyard. These three years, says the owner of the vineyard, these three years I have come seeking fruit in this fig tree and have found none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? Challenging words. Could God be saying that about you today? Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? You and I exist to bear fruit to God. (coughs) Well, first of all tonight, how do you become part of the vine? How do you become a branch in the vine? (coughs) How are you united to Christ? By nature, we're united to the devil. We belong to his vine, and we bear poisonous fruit. We are sinners by nature, sinners by practice, and without Christ we can do nothing, nothing of value. Our best works condemn us. Our good works outside of Christ are of no value whatsoever. You and I, by nature, are totally depraved. Every part of us depraved, dead in trespasses and sins. Or put it another way, we are united to the first Adam, the fallen Adam. We sinned in him and fell with him in his first transgression. Now something needs to happen. We have to be taken out of the first Adam, cut out of that vine, and placed in the last Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ. It is only through him that we can bear fruit. We were rebellious in Adam, breaking the law of God breaking his covenant within a mighty miracle to take place, <coughs> miracle of God's grace to remove us out of the vine of Adam and to graft us in to Christ's vine. How does it happen? It happens first by the effectual call. Called out of darkness into his marvellous light. Called from sin and from Satan to God. Called to repent and believe the gospel. There is that general call that goes out to everyone. And then in the case of some it becomes an effectual call, powerful call a call that is effective. We need that effectual call to take place so that we are called, as it were, out of the poisonous vine so as to be placed in the new vine. And there's power with the effectual call. They that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. You see, by nature, <coughs> our ears are deaf, stone deaf. We need that a call that will penetrate through a stone deaf ear to a stony hardened heart. And God alone is able to do that and he does it In the effectual calling. A call that comes with power. And then the second thing that we need. Is regeneration. Called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Called out of Satan's vine. And grafted in by regeneration. Regeneration to Christ, the vine, regeneration, you think of Nicodemus, Nicodemus, the minister in the church of his day, Nicodemus, who knew his Old Testament so well, Nicodemus, who was so good living and so respectable and respected. you must be born again, although you're a good man, although you know so many things about God and about the Bible. There's one vital thing that hasn't happened. You haven't been grafted into the vine. Therefore, Nicodemus, you are barren and unfruitful and you're on the way to hell. You must be born again. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. If you're not born again, you cannot enter the kingdom. That which is born of the flesh, The will of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit, the spirit of God, that is spirit. So you need regeneration, cut out of the poisonous vine, grafted into Christ, the true vine. Born again, at one time you were a dead branch Dead branch, dead wood cannot bear fruit. But once you're grafted into Christ, you're a living branch. You're alive and you're able to bear fruit. Once you're grafted into Christ, then the sap of the vine enters in. The sap. What is that but the Holy Spirit? We need the Spirit of God to enter into our hearts, taking possession of us. So that we are spiritual people instead of fleshly and carnal and dead. We need God's Spirit in us. And when God's Spirit enters into us, there's repentance and there's faith. Repentance is turning away from the old poisonous vine. Faith is embracing the Lord Jesus Christ. Embracing the living vine so that we might bear fruit. We need to turn away from sin and to turn to God. We need to repent and repentance is a gift of God. And faith is a gift of God. God granted repentance to the Gentiles, Acts 12. And then we think Ephesians 2, verse 8. By grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Faith is the gift of God. We need God to work in us. So to become part of the true vine, we need God's grace. We need God to take hold of us so that we will take hold of Christ. Now faith, faith is a duty as well as a gift. God, this is God's commandment that we should believe on his son and love one another. Faith is a commandment. What must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a duty. The hyper-Calvinists mock duty faith. But faith is a duty. It's a duty and yet it's a duty that we cannot perform but by grace. We must do it and we can't do it. And yet we must. And we're guilty if we don't. God commands us, commands all men everywhere to repent and commands all men everywhere to believe the gospel. It's our duty to believe and yet without god's help we can't without god working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure we need regeneration and regeneration comes before faith the arminian says believe and you'll be born again the calvinist says you're dead and you can't believe but you must believe it's your duty to believe And yet you won't believe until you're born again. And then when you're born again, you will believe. And you must believe. And you cannot do anything else but believe. And you believe the moment you're born again. Immediately you repent and you believe. Union with Christ, how does it come about? In a sense it's there in eternity, isn't it? Whom he did foreknow, them he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. Whom God loved, he chose. Chosen in him before the foundation of the world. God loved you in eternity. And elected you, chose you. And said to the Lord Jesus Christ, head to his Son. In the covenant of redemption, will you take this man, this woman, and be their saviour? Will you become a man and take their sins and die in their Roman place? And the Son of God said, To do thy will I take delight, O thou my God that art. The covenant of redemption in eternity, you in Christ, you given to Christ and Christ took you. To save you in eternity. So we're in Christ in eternity. And then when Christ died on the cross. For whom did Christ die? The Arminian says he died for everyone. But if he died for everyone. Then he would have paid the price for everyone's sin. And hell would be empty. Nobody would go there. But no. He laid down his life for his sheep. For those who. Those whom the Father had given him. He came for those. And he died for those. And you were in Christ. When he died on the cross. You died with him. And you were buried with him. And you rose again with him. In union with Christ. On the cross. United to Christ in eternity. United to Christ. In his death and resurrection on the cross. And yet you're born into this world. A child of wrath even as others. And for. Perhaps many years. You live a child of wrath. Until you're effectually called. And regenerated. And then. You become part of Christ. Then you are actually. Actually. Graft it into the vine, and you become a branch in that vine which is Christ. I am the true vine, Jesus says. There are many false vines the Muslim vine, the Hindu vine, the Buddhist vine, the Roman Catholic vine. I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. You are the branches. You become part of the vine by effectual calling, regeneration, faith and repentance. Through conversion you become part of the vine. Are you part of that vine? Are you in Christ? The fact that maybe you're a member of the church or even an office bearer doesn't prove that you're in the vine. You have to make sure. That's why Peter says, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Make sure that you're elect. And the only way you'll know you're elect is if you're called effectually called so your effectual calling that calling which is effective in transforming your life shows that you have been elected from all eternity that's why he says calling first and then election make your calling and election sure what think ye of Christ then is Christ to you the vine from whom you draw every strength. Your life comes from the vine. Is Christ to you your great prophet and teacher? Is Christ to you your great priest who offered the sacrifice which satisfied divine justice for you? Is Christ to you the great intercessor, interceding for you, to whom you come with your prayers? Is Christ your King, who has subdued you to himself, who rules and defends you, who restrains and conquers your enemies? Is Christ to you the one who is your Lord as well as your Saviour? Can you say in truth with Thomas, my Lord and my God? how do you become part of the vine then by effectual calling and regeneration by being born again cut out of the old vine and grafted in to Christ the true vine but secondly what fruit are you to bear We notice that Christ says here, Every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. But every branch that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And if you bear no fruit, you're cast forth as a branch and withered. Men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. It's vital to bear fruit. Are you bearing fruit? What fruit are you bearing? Well, the first fruit that we're to bear is to praise and glorify God. That's why we were created, to glorify and enjoy him, to praise him and honour him. Think of Psalm 40. I waited for the Lord my God and patiently did bear. At length to me did incline my voice and cry to hear. He took me from the fearful pit and from the miry clay. And on a rock he set my feet, establishing my way. And then the fruit. He put a new song in my mouth. Our God to magnify. Are you singing that new song? Praise to our God. Rejoicing in him. Giving thanks to him. It's a vital part of Christianity. Praising God. Offering to him sacrifices. In Old Testament times they had to offer sacrifices. And you are to offer calves too to God. But what are the calves that you are to offer to God? The calves of your lips. Singing praise to his name. The offerings of your mouth. And he's given you a 150 psalms. That beautifully describe and set before you. The words with which and the thoughts with which you should praise him. And so you lift up your hearts and you, you praise God through these 150 infallible and errant psalms. You rejoice in him in these words as well as in your prayers. Giving thanks to his name. Glorifying and enjoying him. People sometimes say, well, there's so much in this world that we can enjoy. And as Christians, we should enjoy these things. God giveth us richly all things to enjoy. But there's a problem. There's a problem if you enjoy things as things. Enjoying food, enjoying music, whatever it is. You set your heart upon these things as things. That's idolatry everything that we enjoy in this life we should enjoy it only as a gift from God we should see through this world to God the giver love not the world neither the things that are in the world but love God love the God who gave you these things and take these things only as gifts from him and so you are To glorify and enjoy him. He is to be the one that you're glorifying. And he is to be the one you're enjoying. Delighting yourself in God. So that's the first fruit then. Giving praise to God. Glorifying God. The next one is love. We love him because he first loved us. I remember when I was struggling with assurance myself my teenage years. People saying to me, well, do you love God? I find it hard to say that I did. I loved going to church. I loved the Bible. I loved the people of God. I loved the Lord's Day and so on. All these sort of things, yes. But do you love God? But maybe God's going to cast me into hell. Do you love God? And then one day assurance came. And it was so easy to say, I love God. The love of God filled my heart. I was flooded with with love and delight in God and the the wonder that Jesus Christ loved me and gave himself for me that the son of god came from heaven for my sake took my sins took my place and died for me on the cross love we are to love the lord our god with all our heart and soul and strength and mind
1: God wants us to love
0: him. And if you love him, you keep his commandments. If you love him, you should. If you love him, your life is lived for him. If you love him, you can say, to me, to live is Christ. To die is gain. Whom have I in the heavens high, but thee, O Lord, alone, and on the earth, whom I desire? Besides thee, there is none. God first. The Lord Jesus Christ first. He's looking for fruit. He's looking for love. Can you say, I love you, Lord. I love you, my Father, who called me. I love you, my Savior, who died for me. I love you, Holy Spirit, who came and condescended to make me your dwelling place and came to live in my filthy heart to sanctify it. Another another fruit is repentance. The broken and the contrite heart. The Lord will not despise. He loves it. That godly sorrow which worketh repentance, not to be repented of.
1: Blessed are they that
0: mourn, mourning over sin. Repentance. It's not just something you do when you're converted. It's something that belongs to every day of life in the Christian, in the Christian life. Daily repentance, every day confessing your sin, every day turning from sin, turning from sin, unto God. A fourth fruit is holiness. Be ye holy, for I am holy, says God. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. What is holiness? Holiness is obedience to God, keeping his commandments. And holiness is devotion to God. You know how vessels were sanctified, how they were taken from an earthly use, for a heavenly use in the temple is a, 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 a spiritual use, a worship use. And so you and I are sanctified. We're devoted to God. We are to be holy unto the Lord. Separate, different.
1: Be ye separate,
0: Touch not the unclean thing. Come out from among them. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Come out of Babylon. Babylon's going to be destroyed. Come from her. Come apart from her. Come and be God's people. Come and devote yourself to the Lord. Devote yourself to to living for him. Living in communion and fellowship with him living in service to him. Another fruit is prayer. God loves to hear the prayers of his people. Spurgeon says, on one occasion he said, maybe you're asking, why is it that the Lord's not answering my prayer right away? Well, it's because he likes to hear you come again and again to him in prayer. He loves to hear you pray. You know how when you have a little child and then the child begins to speak, Mama, Dada, what a delight you have in these first words the child the child says. And what delight God has in our first words and indeed in all our words. It was said of Saul of Tarshish, Behold he prayer. Ananias, he's really born again. He's a real convert. He's no longer an enemy. Ananias, go and baptize him. Behold, he prayeth. He's now beginning to pray. There's fruit coming from him. The fruit of prayer. God loves his people's prayers. And then there's witnessing and evangelizing. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and be converted and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Let your light shine. Be the light of the world. Be the salt of the earth. Feel a compassion and a concern for those around you those whom you know, those whom you mix with, who are just a breath away from an eternity weeping and wailing and gnashing their teeth, show that you really believe in hell by being compassionate toward perishing sinners. God's looking for witnessing Evangelists and concerned for the lost, and he's looking for good works. We're told to be sellers of good works. We're told to provoke one another to love and to good works. We're told that even to give a cup of cold water to somebody in the name of a disciple, in the name of Christ, will not go unrewarded. Even the smallest thing we do. How diligent then we should be in doing good works because there shall be more. God loves it. He loves to see his children bearing fruit, being fruitful in every good word and work, abounding in the work of the Lord. And I can mention one other, and that is patience and suffering in the trials and tribulations of life not grumbling and complaining, not groaning, not saying, why me, but, Lord, grant me patience. Give me grace to help in this time of need. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, Meekness temperance, Fruit. Thirdly, how can you bear more fruit? I am the vine, he are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. We need Christ. Without him we can do nothing of value. And that's why we need to be in the vine. And why we need to be drawing strength from the vine. Drawing sap from the vine. And it's as we abide in Christ. That we bear fruit and bear more fruit. Abide in me. Stick close to me. Stick close to me in faith. Clinging to me. Stick close to me in Love binding yourself to me. Look at chapter 14, verse 23. Jesus said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. If a man Love me and keep my words, and when you love me, you will keep my words. If a man love me and keep my words, my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. We, the Father and the Son, will come and make their abode in that person, and they make their abode in that person through the Holy Spirit. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit dwelling in us by his Spirit. So we are to abide in his love. Abiding in Christ the vine, drawing sap, drawing strength, drawing grace. His Spirit flowing to us from the vine. So it's by abiding in him and sticking close to him that we bear more fruit. And then there's something else here too. We notice it in verse 2. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away. But every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. And we bring forth more fruit when we're purged. When we're purged. When we're pruned it's amazing when you, you see a vine that is pruned How it's cut back really really cut back and that's essential for the vine to be really cut back and so it is with us we need that cutting back of the dead wood and the branches that will not bear so that we then grow with vigour And bear much fruit. He purgeth it. And of course the purging is painful. None of us like the pruning. And the purging. And the trials. And the tribulations. The vine cut back. The Father's love causes us to be cut back. So that we will bear more fruit. And then in verse 3. Now are ye clean Through the word which I have spoken unto you. The vine, the branches. Cleansed by the word. By the reading of the word. The preaching of the word. Meditating upon the word. The word is a means of grace. The word is so important. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. It's as we Feed upon the word, decided in the sincere milk of the word, cleansed by the word, by the word and by the sacraments, the means of grace. And then verse 7, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you. Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Abiding in him is his words abiding in us. Taking his words, taking them to heart, treating them seriously, totally depending upon Christ and his word and his direction and his life and his spirit. Looking to his righteousness alone as our only plea. It's not a matter of thinking, well, I've done this and I've done that. And therefore this merits some favour with God. No, it's not like that at all. We've got no merit. And any good works we do, it's not for merit's sake. We do these good works in order to show our thankfulness to him. To appreciate him. To respond to his love. And any good work that we do, it's because we abide in him. And his grace abides in us and so all the glory must go to him our situation as branches is one of total dependence upon the vine if we're outside of the vine we wither and die and are cast into the fire if we're in the vine drawing from the vine we're alive and we bear fruit newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word desire the sap of the vine that you might grow thereby and be aware that if you don't abide in him you are cast forth as a branch and wither and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned are you in the vine? Are you abiding in the vine? Are you drawing strength from the vine? Nourishment from the vine? Are you bearing fruit for the husbandman? He's looking for fruit from you. What fruit do you bear? We shall be judged, everyone. According to our works, whether they be good or bad. Let us pray. O Lord our God, we thank Thee that there is a vine, and we thank Thee that there are branches in that vine, and we thank Thee that by grace we are branches in that vine, and we pray that we would be fruitful branches. And we pray that the older we get, the more fruit we would bear and that we will be diligent to abide in Christ and to stick closely to him and draw from his strength and be encouraged and strengthened by the Spirit of Christ so that we will bear much fruit to the glory of God. Keep us from being barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Forgive all our sins and our failings for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Our closing praise is Psalm 40. We'll sing verses 1 to 4. The 40th Psalm, Psalm 40 I waited for the Lord my God and patiently did bear at length to me he did incline my voice and cry to hear he took me from a fearful pit and from the mighty clay and on a rock he set my feet establishing my way verses 1 to 4 God's praise I waited for Are as follows: the prayer meeting on Thursday uh, to be taken by uh, Mr. Harley Cameron. Services next Sabbath, the usual times of 11 and 6:30. The speaker still to be arranged. Building fund collection for August is due today, and please note that today is the last day for the donations to the TBS. All God. Will grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit